Uh, I want to ask you now, please, to turn in your Bibles to Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. And as you're turning, I want to welcome our radio listeners and internet listeners. I want to tell you a little story <coughs> as well. <laughs> uh, I was wondering whether or not to tell you this story. <clears throat> Can you hear me okay? Yeah, okay. Uh, a young American, a young American at a banquet found himself seated next to a Chinese diplomat. Not knowing what to say, not knowing what to say to a Chinese person, the young man pointed to the first course of the meal, pointed to, to the meal and asked, Likey soupy? <laughs> the diplomat nodded and smiled. Later, the Chinese diplomat, who happened to be Wellington Koo, Wellington Koo, uh, Mr. Koo was called on to speak at the occasion. He was called on to speak and delivered a very eloquent address in flawless, perfect English. And as, as he sat down, as he sat down to the sound of applause, he turned to the young American and said, likey speechy. <laughs> uh, it it kind of reminds me of when my son-in-law first came to Canada from, uh, from where? Hungary. Yeah, when he first came to Canada, and we were just starting to get to know him, this was before he and my daughter ever started dating, uh, he, he told us that he had, you know, English limitation um, abilities, and so sometimes, I remember when we were having supper, I don't know if Cindy remembers, uh, we were having supper at our home, and so some of us were saying, so, uh, Yanni, where did you Grow up. <laughs> After a while, he kind of let us know that, hey, guys, you, you don't have to be so, so slow with me. <laughs> anyway, anyway, our theme today is, our theme is, what I wish for you. I shared part one with you last Sunday, and in that message, I spoke of how, number one, I wish your abilities and hard work will be noticed, appreciated, and rewarded in this new year. And then secondly, we said, I wish you will be an encourager instead of a fault finder. And thirdly, we said, I wish you will live your life in such a way that no one will find fault with you. And we derive those truths from Daniel in our Holy Bible. So, let's continue now in our study in Daniel 6. Here is what Daniel 6 says. Darius the Mede decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces, and he appointed a high officer to rule over each province. The king also chose Daniel and two others as administrators to supervise the high officers and protect the king's interests. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. 
Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs. But they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. Daniel was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. So they concluded, our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. So the administrators and high officers went to the king and said, Long live King Darius. We are all in agreement, we administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and governors, that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Give orders that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. And now, your majesty, issue and sign this law so it cannot be changed, an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. So King Darius signed the law. What a dumb thing for him to do. <laughs> Terrible thing as well. Verse 10. <clears throat> but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room. With its windows open toward Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. Those officials really bug me, you know? They really bug me. Verse 12. So they went straight to the king and reminded him about his law. Did you not sign a law that for the next 30 days any person who prays to anyone divine or human except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions? Yes, the king replied. That decision stands. It is an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. Then they told the king, that man, that man... That man, Daniel, one of the captives from Judah, is ignoring you and your law. He still prays to his God three times a day. Hearing this, the king was deeply troubled, and he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. He spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get Daniel out of this predicament. Verse 15. In the evening, the men went together to the king and said, your majesty, you know that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no law that the king signs can be changed. So at last, at last the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to him, may your God who, whom you serve so faithfully rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed the stone with his own seal, with his own royal seal, and the seals of his nobles, so that no one could rescue Daniel. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. He refused his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep at all that night. Very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you serve so faithfully able to rescue you from the lions? And Daniel answered, Long live the king, my God, 
My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouths so that they would not hurt me, for I have been found innocent in his sight, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him, for he had trusted in his God. Amen. Dear Lord, we thank you for this powerful portion of your holy Bible. Lord, open up our minds and hearts to the many truths that are in here as we consider your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 My friends, what I wish for you is this. As we consider what we just read, I wish for you, for me, for all of us, I wish for you a heart of honesty. A heart of honesty. Look again at verses 6 and 7. Here it is. So the administrators and high officers went to the king and said, Long live King Darius. We are all, look at this, we are all in agreement, we administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and governors, that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Give orders for the next 30 days. Any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. So we're told that the various rulers are jealous about Daniel. They are jealous that the king is going to promote, promote him, and they are out to discredit him. That's what it boils down to. They're out to mess him up, to discredit him, and then when they can't find, they can't find any corruption in Daniel, they, they basically say what they said in verse 7 that we just read. And, and, and it, says, it says that uh, they have all, they have all, we have all agreed that the king should issue an edict, and so on. Well, they were not being honest. They were not being honest. They, it says, we have all agreed. Well, the truth is, the truth is, Daniel was one of the three main administrators, and he probably didn't even know about the proposal. They kept him out of it. They hid it from him until this point. There was no way that Daniel would have agreed to this kind of a ridiculous, ugly, terrible law. They were not being honest when they said, we have all agreed. Certainly, Daniel was not a part of the all. In regards to another group of people in 2 Kings 12, verse 15, it says, they acted with complete honesty. And that is what should be said, my friends, about you and you and you and you and you up in the balcony and about me. Let's bring it down a little bit more personal, a little closer to home. If there is a phone call at your house, if there's a phone call for you, there, there is no place, there's no room to say, oh, tell them I'm not home. <laughs> if you're there, right? If you really can't take the phone call, which, which sometimes happens to all of us, if you can't take the phone call, you say, please, please, child, Tell him or tell her that I'm in the middle of cooking and the roti is going to get messed up or the oxtail is going to mess up and 
and I'm in the middle of cooking, and uh, I, I'll call them back, okay? Or I'm in the middle of changing the baby, and I'll call them back. I'm in, I'm in a rush to get to the doctor's appointment and tell them I'll, I'll call them after my doctor's appointment. I'm in the middle of getting dressed up for your father or mother, and I'll call them back. I'm in the middle of trying to balance my checkbook, and, and uh, it's kind of messed up, and I'll have to call them when I get things figured out. I'm in the middle of having a romantic time with your mother or father, and, and I'll call them back. A simple honesty, honesty, right? My wife, my wife is giving me a weird look there. I don't know why, honey. Uh, <laughs> my wife says, just say I'm not available. Okay, I think, it, I think it's more fun to say um, your, your mother is in the middle of having a romantic time. But, uh, <laughs> ah, next, yeah, okay. A certain woman, a certain woman preparing to entertain guests went to a small grocery store to buy food. Now, when I was in high school and university, I worked, I worked in a grocery store, you know, where we weighed, we weighed uh, all, all the meat, most of the meat that we sold, okay? And so hopefully most of you are aware of some stores, you know, they weigh the chicken, they weigh the, the roast, they weigh the, um, the pork chops or whatever. Anyway, she stopped, this lady stopped at the meat counter and asked the attendant for a large chicken. Uh, the fellow behind the, the counter reached down into the cold storage department, grabbed the last chicken, it was the last chicken that they had, and he placed it on the scale. And the gentleman said, well, this one weighs four pounds, ma'am, it's four pounds, is that okay? Well, she said, I I'm, not sure, I'm not sure that that will be enough. Uh, don't you have a bigger one? Don't you have a bigger one? The attendant put the chicken back into the compartment. Remember, there was only one chicken left. <laughs> the attendant put it back in the compartment, pretended to search through the melting ice for another one, and then brought out the same bird, brought out the same bird, discreetly, discreetly, I never did this, by the way, <laughs> discreetly applying some finger, some finger pressure to the scale. Ah, ah, he said with a smile, this one, this one weighs six pounds. This one weighs six pounds. Oh, I, I'm, I'm just not sure, the woman frowned. I don't know if that's going to be enough either. I'll tell you what, wrap them both up for me. I'll buy both of them. <laughs> right. There's a Bible verse, Numbers 32, verse 23, the latter part says, you may be sure that your sin will find you out. <laughs> so my friends, the question is, are you honest? Are you honest with your parents? Are you honest with your husband? Ladies, are you honest with your husband? Men, uh, men, men, can I have a little amen? <laughs> Ladies, are you honest with your husband? Two of you. <laughs> we got to improve. Okay? Are you honest with your wife? Amen. Are you honest with your children? Are you honest with your employer? 
If you tell your employer you can't be in to work, is it truly because you are sick? Or is it really because you wanted to go shopping or to go do some other recreational activity? If you're sick, you better be sick. Are you honest? Are you honest with your pastors? Ooh. Ooh. I can't do that, Pastor Lisa. I can't do that, Pastor Nick. I can't. You mean you won't. You won't. Are you honest with yourself? Are we honest with ourselves? So, my dear friends, I wish you a heart of honesty. And it's a heart of honesty that the Lord, through his Holy Spirit, is able to make happen, to bring about, through his cleansing work, through his, through his spirit at work inside of us. So you and I need to cry out and say, Lord, purify my heart, as I spoke of in the previous message. Purify, cleanse me, make me, mold me, and give to me this honest heart. Amen? There's a second wish I have for you today, and it is this. I wish, why don't you read it with me from the big screen. I wish you will think things out carefully before making important choices and decisions. I do, I do want to thank Raven for the wonderful job she does on the PowerPoint and putting together my message outline and and the music for all of us. Thank you, Raven, thank you. Amen. So I wish you will think things out carefully before making important decisions and choices. In verses six to nine, in Daniel six, where we read, a group of politicians who are out to get Daniel say, say to King Darius, in verse seven, as we read earlier, Give orders that for the next 30 days any person who prays to you, divine or human except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. In other words, in other words, these politicians were saying to King Darius, make a law such that for the next 30 days anyone, anyone who does not treat you as a god will be killed. That's what, that's what they were doing. Now stick with me on this. In theory, King Darius was an effective government administrator. He was actually an effective government administrator. I would have expected him to say something like, to the other politicians, I would have expected him to say, listen, guys, I am not a god. There is no need to demand that people pray to me. That would be ridiculous unfair, cruel, and an unnecessary law. I would have thought that this King Darius would have said that. Unfortunately, verse 9 says, so King Darius signed the law. Now why did he make such a ridiculous law? Maybe the same reason they have the ridiculous law in the States where people can go into gun stores and buy machine guns. Stupidity. So why did King Darius make this ridiculous law? Well, in part because of his pride and vanity. Vanity, by the way, is excessive pride 
or admiration of one's own appearance and achievements. Now, in addition, King Darius did not think. He did not think things out carefully before making the very important decision of demanding that people treat him as a god and pray only to him at least for a month. He didn't think things out. When the problem politicians told King Darius that Daniel was still praying to his God, because of the law, Darius had no choice. He had no choice but to have Daniel thrown into the lion's den. Now, that is hard for us to understand, but in that time in history, in the Medo-Persian Empire, when a law was made... Even the king couldn't change it. It's hard for us to understand, right? But when the law was made, even the king couldn't change it when he saw how the law was abused. It's just the way it was. Listen to how King Darius was, was affected by his own law. By his own law. Just, just look at how he's affected. Beginning at verse 13. So Daniel was brought in before the king. The king asked him, are you Daniel, one of the exiles, brought from, oh, I'm sorry, you know what? I'm just reading actually accidentally in chapter five, um, verse 13, here we are, here we are. Then they told the king, that man Daniel, one of the captives from Judah, is ignoring you and your law. He still prays, he still prays to his God three times a day. Hearing this, the king, look at this, the king was deeply troubled and he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. He spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get Daniel out of his predicament. In the evening, the men went together to the king and said, Your Majesty, you know that according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, no law that the king signs can be changed. So at last the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to him, May your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. Okay. The bottom line, the bottom line is King Darius's bad decision to make a terrible law is a powerful lesson for you and me to think things out carefully before making important choices and important decisions. What are some areas of life that we need to think carefully about before we make that important choice or decision? What are some of the areas in your life and mine? Well, I'm going to give you a few. It's not total comprehensive, but here are a few. Those of you making notes, A, Think about education, education. Young people and adults, take your education seriously. Have fun at school, have fun at school. I had fun at school, you know, in public school, high school, University of Toronto, and then seminary. Have fun at school, but study hard. Do your best. Study hard like Dr. Lisa studied hard, amen? Don't drop out of school. In today's society, you need as much education as you can get. Let me also say, don't, don't just try to get by 
in school. When I was in school, both high school and university, uh, there was, there were, there were, I had some friends who just, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to get by, Nick. You know, I'm not really giving it my all. Don't try to just get by in school. Try hard to really learn your lessons. To really learn, for example, the basics, the basics of how to spell words and to use proper grammar. Is there an amen? amen. A few of you. Right? Students, students, when you are graduating from high school into college or university, think things out carefully before making important decisions such as which field of study, what courses and degrees uh, are you going to work on at college or university. Start thinking about it, even when, when you first enter grade 9 or 10. Discuss things, discuss things with your, your parents and grandparents, school guidance counselors, youth pastors, pastors. Pray and seek God's direction for your education because sometimes, and this is not a totally terrible thing, but sometimes students will end up studying two, three, four years and then say, you know what, this is not what I really want to do. Now, you still learned a lot of wonderful, wonderful lessons, wonderful truth, but, but that just means you're gonna, it's going to take you longer to finish your academic work. Here's another area of life you need to think out carefully before making important decisions. Point B, all right? Health matters, health matters. As a child, as a youth, and as an adult, try to eat healthy foods and get regular exercise. This includes, this includes, do not smoke. Do not smoke cigarettes, don't smoke cigars. Do not drink any kind of alcohol, all right? Stay away from alcohol. Very recently, one of the young men of our church was involved. He told me just on Friday, he was involved in a very bad car accident. The good news, the good news is, although his car is a total write-off, he has uh, minor injuries. He has minor injuries. And the accident was caused by the other driver who was drunk. He was drunk. Accidents caused by people who are under the influence of alcohol, my friends, continue to be a major problem in our city, in our country, and around the world. Recently, unfortunately, I said unfortunately, our government legalized the use of marijuana. Just because it has been legalized does not make it right. Continue to stay away from marijuana and its derivatives. Continue to stay away from other, other drugs that are not prescribed by your doctor for particular health needs. Still on the subject of health matters, do not, do not get involved sexually with someone until you are married. The Bible helps us, helps us with this issue. Colossians 3, verse 5. I think we have it on the big screen. Read it out loud. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, <clears throat> impurity, lust, and evil desires. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. Read it. God's will is for you to be holy, 
So stay away from all sexual sin. Some years ago, I had a very painful time. Some years ago, I watched a precious young lady at a hospital nearby gradually die from AIDS. What made the situation even more heartbreaking, more heartbreaking, is, is that the guy who gave her the AIDS knew, he knew he had AIDS before having sex with her. I say to you, do not get involved sexually outside of the context of marriage. Amen. Here's another area of life to always give attention to, to think things out before making important choices and decisions. C, abide by the law. Abide by the law of the land. Sometimes young people and adults get involved with what is called petty crimes, P-E-T-T-Y. Sometimes they think it's not a big deal. Now, if you look up, as I did, if you look up the term petty crimes, you will find that it refers to things like uh, theft, prostitution, public intoxication, assault, disorderly conduct, trespass, vandalism, reckless driving, discharging a firearm within city limits, possession of illegal drugs. Failing to abide by the law can result in having a criminal record. You might be very sorry. You might be very sorry for what you did, and it really isn't something you would do 99% of the time, right? However, however, when you go to apply for a job, many employers nowadays ask for a police check. You might be the best candidate for that job, but the employer is going to have to wrestle with, do I want to take a chance with someone who has a criminal record? Please take this seriously. And by the way, by the way, if you are an employer here at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene, radio listeners, if you are an employer, don't. Do not write people off just because on one occasion he or she made a bad choice or a bad decision. All right? Show mercy, compassion, and understanding. Get the story. Remember also that sometimes when a person has been mistreated, repeatedly mistreated by someone, They can get so upset and so angry that they will do something which they never intended to do. And it's hard to erase the record. We are talking about thinking things out carefully before making important decisions and choices. Here's another area where you and I need to think things out very carefully. All right? Point D. Read it from the big screen with me. 
Bring your children, grandchildren, and youth to Sunday school at 9.30 a.m. and to church services every Sunday. I want, I want you, please, to listen carefully. Don't let it go in one ear and out the other. Okay? Think about it. Where do children and young people nowadays learn right from wrong? Where do children and youth learn moral values, character, principles of right and wrong, rules of conduct, uh, standards of behavior? Where do they learn ideals, honesty, righteousness, how to treat people, how right behavior comes, how right behavior comes from a transformed heart through the power of the Holy Spirit? Where do children and grandchildren learn these principles? Now, hopefully, they learn them from you in, in your home, in their home. Hopefully, they do learn them from your home. The only other place, however, almost the only other place where our kids will learn these truths and principles is in a Christian church like ours. All right? I think that's worth applauding. All right? Go ahead. Go ahead. That's worth applauding. Actually, I say a lot of things that are worth applauding, and Dr. Lisa says a lot of things, and Pastor Lucas, we all say a lot of things that are worth applauding, but sometimes you folks just don't respond. Okay? My friends... We have, we have excellent Sunday school classes every Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. And they can start off with a little snack, breakfast snack. Okay, we got these wonderful classes that start at 9.30 for children, youth, and for you adults. And uh, we have a wonderful children's church at 11 a.m., at the 11 a.m. service for boys and girls up to grade 6. And Pastor Bria, who was up here earlier, presents very relevant, helpful, practical Bible messages to the kids in interesting ways. She's a very creative lady. Thank you. Who was that? Ah, yes, she knows. Good. Parents and grandparents, uncles and aunts, you, you owe it to your children unless they are ill. You owe it to them to bring them every Sunday to Sunday school at 9.30 and church services at 11 a.m. You owe it to them. And here is what concerns me. Sometimes I just have to be honest with you. I'm practicing my first point. Here's what concerns me. A lot of you are not, I said, a lot of you are not disciplined enough to bring your children and youth every Sunday morning. You sleep in, you let your children and youth sleep in, you book them for Sunday sports teams, you go off on Sunday mornings to this walk-a-thon and run-a-thon and bike-a-thon and Santa Claus-a-thon and eat-a-thon and party-a-thon and swim-a-thon and skate-a-thon and drive-a-thon and, 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 and freeze-a-thon and whatever else, whatever else. 
And you wonder, and you wonder why your kids know very little about God and the Bible. Now, normally, I try hard to get home to eat supper with my wife. But this week, um, as it happens occasionally, uh, she was going to be out, out at, uh, at, at supper time one of the days, and, and so I thought there's no point in driving home. I thought it would be nice to uh, go see my mother and have supper with her before the church uh, youth leaders and youth council meeting that we had on Tuesday evening at 7.30 p.m., and um, I, think, I think there had been uh, three shootings, three shootings in a week, not far from where my mother lives, and she lives in a so-called good neighborhood, all right? Over supper, over supper, my dear mother said to me, Nicole, that's what she has always called me when she hasn't been upset with me. My mother said, Nicole, what is going on in our city? She said, there have been three shootings this past week not far from my house. She said, why all this craziness, son? Why all this craziness? Now, no one knows all the answers. No one knows all the answers to why so many shootings. No one can give all the answers, but I do not hesitate, I do not hesitate in saying that most of these people doing the shootings were probably, were probably never taken to Sunday school and church services. If they, if they had been taken, they would have learned, they would have learned, thou shalt not kill. They would have learned, love one another. They would have learned respect each other. They would have learned, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things pass, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. They would have learned these truths. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Now, some, some folks, some, po some folks think that, uh, well, you know, when the kids are small, they can't learn much anyway. You know, when they're in kindergarten, grade one, really, what can they learn? I want to tell you something about that. I want to tell you something. Do you know what a backseat driver is? How many of you know? Put your hand up. You know what a backseat driver is? How many of you are sitting beside a backseat driver? Don't, don't put your hand up. No, no. Why did my wife put her hand up? <laughs> uh, I guess because sometimes if she's driving, I'll say, honey, honey, don't make that turn yet. That car is too close to us. She'll say, my car can make it. Uh, and anyway, all right, a backseat driver, sometimes sitting in the back or beside you, and, and they're kind of telling you how to drive. That's what a backseat driver is. I'm explaining this because some of you who are new to Canada, you don't necessarily know these expressions, right? It's, it's simple. Okay. Well, how, how many of you have heard of a mini, of a mini backseat driver? Do you know what a mini backseat driver is? Oh, some of you do. Okay. Well, for those of you who don't, here's what a mini backseat driver is. 
Last week when uh, the kids were still off school, uh, I, try, I try to spend some time with my grandchildren. I have a little four-year-old grandson and a little almost two-year-old two granddaughter, and I love them deeply. Uh, our grandson is here today, by the way. They're both a part of our new church in, uh, in uh, well, at Connect Church of Nazarene, okay? But anyway, anyway, la last week, I picked up my little four-year-old grandson to uh, take him to Fantasy Fair, which is kind of like an indoor playground. How many of you have taken a child, grandchild, to uh, Fantasy Fair? Okay, if you don't know about it, speak to me later. It's a nice place for you to take your children, your little ones, up to, you know, grade six. Um, so anyway, I picked him up in the morning to take him to Fantasy Fair for us to have a nice time together. Got in the car, got him into his uh, car seat. Got him into the car seat in the back. So we start, I start to leave his house, start to drive away. I had made myself a coffee. I had made myself a coffee before leaving our home. And uh, so as I'm driving, I, I picked up my coffee to have a little drink. My little backseat driver mini backseat driver says to me, Papa, you're supposed to have both hands on the wheel when you're driving, Papa. <laughs> I said, thank you, Yanni. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Oh, by the way, by the way, I, I have a few pictures from my little outing. Uh, let, let, let's see. Oh, there's my little grandson. Okay, that's Yanni. Okay, that's Yanni. Uh, okay, uh, isn't that nice, huh? Uh, huh? Hold the picture there. Isn't that nice? Uh, yeah, I know some of you are saying, well, how come you have your suit on and tie on, Pastor Nick? <laughs> that, well, that's for your benefit because you see, if you bump into me, you'll recognize me. <laughs> All right? If I'm not wearing a tie, then you, 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 you say, no, it can't be Pastor Nick because he doesn't have a suit and tie on, right? So, uh, yeah, I got, let's see, we got another one. There he is. He's going down on the slide. Yeah. And I think we got one more. Okay. Well, why don't you leave up? Leave, oh, we got one more, I think. There we are. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't like that ride. You know, it spun around, made me kind of sick. But I'll leave that up for a moment, okay? So any, anyway, so my backseat driver, you know, told me how to drive. I don't know about you, but sometimes, you know, I, I have always felt, I thought, man, you know, my wife tells me what to do. My kids tell me what to do. My, 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 you know, our church board tells me what to do. Our people in the church tell me what to do. Our staff tells me what to do. And the whole world tells me what to do. And now my grandson tells me what to do, right? And so uh, a little bit later in the afternoon, a little bit later in the afternoon, I, I, I guess I was walking with him in the little uh, play area. And... and uh, Unexpectedly, I just happened, I happened to burp. Happened to burp. So my little grandson says to me, Papa, when you burp, you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to put your hand over your mouth. I said, thank you. Thank you, Yanni. He's teaching me how to drive, and he's teaching me manners as well, okay? He's teaching me manners. All right. My friends, my friends, 
Why did I just tell you about my experience with my grandson? Here's why. This child is only four years old, but he was able to tell me that I should have both hands on the steering wheel. He was able to tell me that when I burp, I need to put my hand over my mouth, right? How does a four-year-old know this? A four-year-old knows this because he's able to learn. He learned. He learned those things probably from his mother, my, my daughter, probably from his mother and father, and maybe from grandma as well. This little four-year-old was able to learn these things. So what I'm saying to you is, even those of you who have little kindergarten children and junior kindergarten, senior kindergarten, they are able to learn. Have you got it? You got it? They're able to learn. Bring them to Sunday school at 9.30. Bring them for church, and they're going to be in kindergarten church. They are able to learn more than sometimes you want them to learn. All right? Parents and grandparents, discipline your, your kids and grandkids so that you bring them faithfully to Sunday school at 9.30 and church services. It's up to you. It's up to you. Here is one more very important decision you need to make. F or E. What, yes. Choose to put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Savior and Lord. Choose to put your faith. We're talking about how I wish you will think things out, think things out carefully before making important choices and decisions. You need to make the choice and the decision to put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Savior and Lord, so that you have peace with God, so that you know that your sins are forgiven, so that you know that you someday are going to be in heaven with the Lord. Are you putting your faith and trust in Jesus? If you have already made that decision, great. If you haven't, Today, the Bible says, today is the day of salvation. Today is the time to repent of your sins. Seek God's forgiveness for your sins. Believe that Jesus, the Son of God, died on the cross to pay the price for your sins. And know that your eternal home is in heaven. In a moment, we're going to sing a song. And as we sing... Some of you may want to come and pray. And you, you will want to say, Lord, I seek from you a heart of honesty. Others of you will want to say, Lord, I, I need to make the right choices about these decisions. I, may, I need to make the right choices. I need to make the right decisions. And Lord, I need your help. Amen? And Lord, I want to put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, 
We thank you for the incredible life of Daniel. We're thankful for the powerful lessons that we're able to learn from his life and from this part of the Holy Scriptures. Oh God, may you work inside of us so that truly we have hearts that are filled with honesty, so that we have, we have a desire, a desire to think things out carefully before making important choices and decisions in all aspects of life. And above all, to make the, the choice and make the decision to repent of our sins and put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen.